China's economy pulled out of deflation in August, but not quite as fast as some expected. Asian currencies are expected to remain under pressure today from a strong US dollar. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive interview, Richard Yetzinger points to growing signs that China's micro reforms are turning into something more macro. We, for the first time, are now starting to argue that the policy easing in China is substantive. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ. Number one, China reported its inflation data over the weekend. Its CPI rose 0.1% in August. That was after a surprisingly large fall into deflation in July. However, the rebound wasn't quite as strong as the 0.2% consensus forecast from economists. Number two, the big focus in Europe this week will be the European Central Bank's decision on whether or not to hike again on Thursday night. Here's ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin. We know a rate rise is going to be discussed and many of the more hawkish members on the ECB's governing council have been quite vocal in recent days that the market's too benign in thinking that they won't raise interest rates, that there is a risk that they may have to and that that discussion will be held. But my feeling is that the economy is softening. I think that is playing into a deceleration in core inflation numbers. And for the past four months, they have averaged 0.2%. And that tells me that the ECB's policy settings are doing the job that they were to do of slowing demand growth and beginning to get inflation down. So I think the ECB will hold off from raising interest rates. Number three, on the other side of the Atlantic, US CPI figures for August on Wednesday night will be the focus of attention. Brian says he's watching one industrial dispute in particular. The Union of Auto Workers is threatening to go on strike against the three major car manufacturers in the States if a new wage agreement isn't agreed by midnight on the 14th of uh, September. It's a four-year wage deal that they're looking to negotiate and the union is demanding 46% increase over four years. So really very punchy. There are some signs, some encouraging tones uh, from the union that, well, you don't always get what you want in the negotiations. So we've got to keep a close eye on that. 146,000 car workers potentially could go out and strike. That would be the first time they've been on strike at the same time in three major uh, car manufacturers. And that could have a negative impact on manufacturing in in the US and particularly the uh, northeastern economy. Number four, Brian also sees continued strength for the US dollar, which means markets will have to keep an eye out for possible intervention again in China and Japan, who are moving to support their currencies. When you look at the three big trading blocks in the world, the US, Greater China region and Europe, China and Europe are facing significant economic headwinds at the moment. Uh, The States has been powering ahead over the summer. So that U.S. exceptionalism is very much feeding into the strong dollar story at the moment. And I just don't see that turning around anytime soon. Number five, Vietnam has become the largest buyer of Australians' cotton. Here's ANZ's head of food, beverage and agribusiness insights, Michael Whitehead, to explain. 
Cotton is like a number of other Australian agri-commodities which were exported to China until about 2020, and it was then that China, which had been the biggest market, effectively stopped importing Australian cotton. So the cotton industry in Australia went absolutely proactive, looked for new markets, and found that Vietnam was one that needed Australian cotton, had a great manufacturing sector, and rapidly became Australia's largest export destination for cotton. Michael Whitehead there. Now it's time for a deeper dive into China's growth prospects. The broad view on China is the government has yet to pull out a big enough bazooka to revive economic growth. But what if all its little structural measures, announced in recent months, are actually adding up to something more substantial? ANZ's Group Chief Economist Richard Yetzinger says the sum of the parts is turning into something much bigger. We, for the first time, are now starting to argue that the policy easing in China is substantive. We've counted at least 200 individual policy steps that China has done, a lot of them non-traditional. They're not simply interest rate cuts or liquidity easing or fiscal stimulus. They're more structural than that. But a lot of them, we think China's done enough to stabilise the property market. So I think over the next couple of months that the mix of that negative China story, positive US story, the mix of that is going to shift a bit with some implications for currencies like the Aussie dollar. What signs are you seeing that things are stabilising in, in the, the numbers in production and trade and that sort of thing? Well, well, in fact, the most recent trade numbers show uh, a lessening in the contraction. While that may not sound like good news, of course, when you get a lessening in the contraction in year-over-year terms, in level terms, you tend to be seeing some rises in trade, and the Korean trade numbers corroborated that story. So we are seeing that that China and regional trade story turn around. And then it's really our assessment about the weight of policy and how substantial that has been. Just the fact it's been sequenced quite differently from a lot of other markets, the fact it's been aimed at structural factors, and it's been very broad-based, aimed at consumption, aimed at production, aimed at Uh, making it easier for migrants to access benefits in the cities they move to, aimed at demography, aimed at making the business process easier. It's even extended to the visa requirements that exist for foreigners wishing to travel to China. Um, They're a little bit onerous, Bernard, but they've eased up on that as well. And how is that uh, flowing through into things like the property market and uh, what's going on with the, the financiers and the developers? Well, there's no sense we can identify flow through today, but we think you'll start to see it over the next couple of months. And you mentioned a, a, a potential impact for the currencies in the longer run. What, what, how do you see that playing out? The currency story with this US dollar-centric currency world we have, that the US yield story very much taking the position of primacy. Still, I think if you're thinking about foreign exchange, the first and second question is, what do you think is happening to US yields over the next few months? But within that context, the weak China story has meant that currencies like the Aussie, the Kiwi, some of the Asian currencies, the renminbi, have had supercharged pressure on them because they've had the dollar pressure and they've also had the external China pressure. We think that China pressure will start to ease off. And this is not to say China's problems are behind it. China has lots of structural challenges in its economy, in our view, but we think the cyclical pressure will become less acute. Now, central banks have been um, active in the Asian time zone in the last week or so in various ways. Do you think they'll be able to hang on until the weather clears or will they have to do more? You can't stop the weather, but what you can do is slow its impact. And I think that's what they've, they've been trying to do. It, it hasn't, of course, all been bad news. In the recent Chinese trade numbers, for instance, 
In dollar terms, Chinese trade is still down 8 to 10% year over year. But when you look in Remibi terms, it's down 1% to 3% year over year. That currency translation is helping uh, onshore revenue because, of course, to Chinese exporters, what matters is ultimately is Remimbi revenue, not dollar revenue. ANZ's Group Chief Economist, Richard Yitzenga there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Monday, September the 11th. Catch you tomorrow with a preview of New Zealand's pre-election fiscal update. This podcast was recorded for publication on behalf of ANZ. All associated disclosures and disclaimers can be viewed using the link in your media player or the ANZ website through which you access this podcast. All care has been taken to report the views of ANZ Research in the creation of this podcast, but as an independent host, any differing interpretations are strictly mine and not ANZ's. Feel free to contact your ANZ point of contact with any questions.